Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 19 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm, uh, I'm alright. I'm alright. I'm a little tired, not gonna lie. Had show week this week. Right, right. But as, the show's as went previously really well. referenced. Not yeah, in, no, obviously not really previously well. referenced in this episode we've just started. But if you go to the back catalog, you will uh, <laughs> you will find reference to it. And it is, uh, it's like a solid fifty. It's like in the mid fifties in January in Cleveland. Oh yeah! As soon as we are done recording this episode, I'm planning to take a nice long walk up the I, beach. <laughs> that is not a joke at all. I thought. I, <laughs> it's so like it's so warm. It's in the middle of January. There was there was a quote, Matt, from from Richard the Third that I thought about saying, but but given this past Friday's political events, I thought someone might misconstrue my feelings. So, <laughs> did you get that? Um, did you get that joke? Sorry, <laughs> I only told that joke because it's a terrible joke, and then like the follow up joke was going to be. There's a Shakespeare nerd somewhere that's going to start laughing really hard in, like, 15 seconds. Well, well, please. I mean, now that we've said it, I feel like you need to say it. The quote is, Now is the winter of our discontent made summer by this glorious son of York. And it, I'm not going to, like, go into the details, but... Sure, but it's the middle of winter and the sun is out. So It's the middle of the winter and it's sunny, and but it's... Context. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyways, Richard so the Third, folks, get into watching? it. It's guys, I'm not joking. It's so good. So, uh, what Matt episode are we watching today? Uh, Dave, we are watching episode 19 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. It is called the Hellish Trap in Darkness. It's, I mean, it's like a regular trap, but mm-hmm. but it's hellish and it's in in darkness. So it just so it has adjectives, is what you're. Is what you're saying. Yeah, it's like a trap plus two adjectives. It's like trap Mad Libs. <laughs> like, you you two can name episodes of Ninja Sentai That Matt, this should be like a Twitter feature. You should do this, like Mad Libs episodes. That sh- but, Matt, before that we watch that... That is a very good idea. Is it? All right. Listen, yeah, man, just roll I with it. <laughs> Some, sometimes... It sounded dumb right after I said it. You know, Dave, this entire... Pod, the fact that this podcast exists is an idea that sounded dumb immediately after I said it, but then when I thought about it more, decided that it would be a good idea. So that is that is what this empire is built on. Um. So Matt, before we do watch the uh, the shining trap in I don't know, I was trying to mad libs it real quick. Before we watch this episode, shining in the heavens. There are five stars. I know you usually say it. I wanted to say it once. Okay. What, what Matt, is our first star of the week? I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. That felt a little weird. It did feel a little weird. I actually kind of regret doing it. Next week, it. let's just go back to normal. I'm not against it. I'm glad, I'm glad we branched out. We're experimenting. But, you know. You know what, Matt? Uh, my, the whole world is in flux. Who knows what the future holds? We're going to try and be excellent to each other. But let's just not change things unnecessarily, maybe like right at this moment. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hold a steady course, Dave. Uh, but Dave, this week's first star <laughs> is about a, another world that is in flux and, and you know, uh, un, uncertain with a lot of strange, strange things happening. Um, it is, I did. It's the world of Death Race. Um, Dave, hmm. so have you ever seen... I was about to say, mm-hmm. I was about to say that's like a real hard shift, but like, maybe not so much? No, okay, well, it's not that hard of a shift if you've ever seen the original Death Race 2000, have you? I have, yeah, okay. I have. It's a, uh, it's a very weird movie. Okay, so if you've never seen Death Race 2000, and if you only, if you've never seen any Death Race... I will explain it to you. If you've only ever seen the Jason Statham Death Race, you should go back and see Death Race 2000, which is like a 1970-something movie. Death Race 2000 is Starring... amazing. 
It's David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone, I think? Yes, it is absolutely those two. It's like, imagine, like, Wacky Racers, but also, like, post-apocalyptic and murderous, and also it's yeah, a but game you can show, kill a dude. and, like, sort of... Did that Yeah, it's like a yearly I think it's like a yearly event and the winner gets like something rad. Like the And it's like a it's a cross country race, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's a cross country race. You just you can kill anyone. Yeah, and, and and the way that you get points in the death race is you win by your time and you also win by getting points for murdering people with your car along the way. It's a very weird movie. Not like other contestants, just, like, people. Yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, satire and commentary sort of stuff in the movie. I'm not doing a great job of explaining it. But the original Death Race 2000 is this, like, weird classic, right? Yeah. There is a new movie, Dave, called Death Race 2050. Uh It's on Netflix. It is executive produced by Roger Corman, who directed the original Death Race 2000. And wow. it, it bills itself as a sequel, but it is 100% not a sequel. It's just a remake. Um, But it's a remake kind of like if you took all of that stuff that I was talking about earlier, you add sort of like kind of bad CGI effects, and then you mix in a fair bit of like idiocracy. Okay. It's, it's a very... Uh... I, I'm not even sure... We have now gotten to the point in this star where I feel like I ought to tell people either to watch it or not watch it. And I honestly don't know which one I should do. <laughs> if you like Death Race 2000, you should watch this movie just to see, like, what on earth they've done. I mean, listen, there's still a dude in, like, a big mask and a leather suit and a weird, like, green car with eyeballs on it. And his name is Frankenstein. So, like, if that's what you want out of a Death Race movie, you've got it. Um, But, like, this movie gets bizarre in ways that the original one didn't and also that man that seems almost impossible it did seem impossible until i watched it (laughs) uh anyway i just want to just let people know because i love death race 2000 and i was unaware that there was a new one until it was already out so if you were like me you should check this thing out um that's all that's all i got dave what is our second star of the week so our second star of the week, Matt, is actually a black hole. It's not long, but let me just like rant for a second. I was at the farmer's market this morning doing a little shopping, and there's a, a small parking lot behind the space that they use, and it's not well laid out, and it's not very big because it's in Cleveland Heights, and there's never good parking in in where I live. And so what people do is they just park, and this is not like a thing that's unique to this space, People just park in spaces. Sorry, they just park. They don't actually go and, like, get a space. They'll just park, like, next to spaces. They'll just sort of stop somewhere. Yeah, like, in line with other cars, but definitely not actually in a space. Just, like, in the road. And 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 then you can't get around this parking lot because it's not designed to have people just parked in the friggin' street. And it it should be legal to, like, do uh, something to that person's car. Like, nothing like major, not... but, like, minor cosmetic damage should be legal. Yeah, like, you shouldn't be able to, like, slash their tires. But you should, like, you should definitely be able to, like, like break their, their like, side view mirror or, like, key it or something, or, like, write on the, the the front in lipstick or, like, soap. Like, something that you could get off, but it's a pain. You know what I'm saying? No, that seems fair. You, we've been seeing a lot less of that this winter because there's been less snow, and that and snow always exacerbates that problem. But, Dave, yeah. let me... Can, can we take a brief aside to talk about an experience that you and I had a long time ago with this sort of thing? And I don't, I don't think, remember it, but I'd love to. I, you will remember it once I start talking about it. And I don't think we've ever told this anecdote on the show. But if we have, I apologize. But it just popped into my head. And it's one of like my our classic high school stories. So, there was a time in high school where you and I and a couple of our friends 
were um, going downtown, which is not something we did a lot back then. We were going downtown because somebody had free tickets to a Cleveland, like, it wasn't the Cleveland Crunch. I think it was the Cleveland Sonic at that point. But it was a, a soccer oh, game Oh, wait downtown. a minute. I do know the story you're telling okay, me. Right? This is a fantastic story. And so we're driving around looking for a place to park, and we pull into this lot. And there's a guy there that says, okay, like, you know, pull in here. We've got spots available. Like, stop your car there. Okay. And they're like, this other car, you should go over here. We, we all parked. We got out of our cars. We went over to the guy. We said, okay, how much is it to park in this lot? And he was like, oh, it's like 10 or 20 bucks a car or something $10. Like it was $10. Oh, that's right. It was 10 bucks a car for two cars. So we give this guy a total of $20. And then we start to walk out of the parking lot on our way to this soccer game. When we are stopped by someone else in the parking lot that says, did you just park back there? Like you, like those are not proper parking spots. You can't just put your car there. To which our response was, oh no, no, my friend. Clearly you are mistaken because the kind employee of this parking lot has just like directed us to stop in those places specifically. So... I apologize for whatever confusion has happened, but clearly those are proper parking spots and we can be there. To which this new person replies, well, and she points to herself and she is wearing like like a red vest with like some embroidery on it and said, well, was he wearing one of these like employee vests? And we said, uh, no. On, on reflection? And the person... No, I don't believe Upon reflection, I guess he was not. And then we look back, and that dude is gone. Just gone. This was just some guy wandering through a parking lot who decided to point us in a direction, take all of our parking money, and then skip town. Yeah, and she's like, oh man, sorry. Yeah, you just got scammed, but you... Sorry, but you cannot park here. And we were like... Oh, and not only so, I think we just had to like go home because we didn't have any more money for parking. Yeah, we were like teenagers. The only reason we could afford to be going to this game anyway is that we had free tickets. So like we had given up all of our parking money, and that lot was still full. So like there was even if we had the money, there was nowhere we could stop, and we didn't know where else to go. So we just turned around <laughs> and went home. Um, yeah. So, anyways, long story short. It, you should be allowed to do, like, something to those, to those people's cars. That's not, like, that's not cool. Just find, you're not special. Just find a parking spot. Just do it. What, Matt, is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is um, something that I, I knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, but I'd kind of been in denial that it was coming, even though, like, it had been saying for a while, like, hey, this is the end of this thing, uh, is that Dr. McNinja ended. Oh, that, yeah. Which is really I was, weird. like, weirdly, yeah, it was, like, an oddly emotional moment when I read it, and it was just, like, the end. Because Dr. McNinja, if, if you are somehow unaware of Dr. McNinja, which, listen, you're on the internet, you used it to find this, so I assume that you know what Dr. McNinja is. Uh, it is a webcomic about a doctor who is also a ninja. Um, it's been An Irish ninja. Yes. Uh, hence the name. Um, and it has been running since, like, since we were in college. I think it's been going since, like, 2004, 2005, something like that. Yeah, it's been around for a while. And it's, you know, like, initially it was more, like, uh, it seemed like a one-off gag sort of thing. But then it just stuck around forever, and it's really excellent. Like, it's one of the best, like, one creator, long, like, super long-running serialized thing in a while. Um, and it's over now, and that's really kind of a bummer. I mean, I mean, on the other hand, it's cool because, like, that dude is now able to do other projects, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. Yeah, he is... He's actually doing a bunch of stuff. I think he's writing some stuff for Marvel yeah, now. Yeah, he has been for a while. And it's one of my, like, that's one of my favorite things about the internet. Like, the internet in many ways is sort of like an awful cesspool. I mean, like, our show is on the internet. So, you know, like, bright spots, right? Sure, sure. But, like, a bunch of things about the internet are terrible. Sure, listen, it's, it's a wretched one of the things that is villainy. Yeah, but one of the genuinely awesome things about it is that dudes like Chris Hastings 
can use the internet and like they he made a comic about like an Irish doctor ninja named Dr. McNinja and now he's writing comics for Marvel and like that's kind of an amazing awesome thing and it's really I don't know like that's just a cool thing yeah so it's a little bittersweet but if you again if you for some reason have never read Dr. McNinja now is the perfect time to go back and read all of that thing because it is excellent and speaking of things that are um, well, I thought it was excellent. I actually haven't talked to you about it yet, Dave. Um, what is our fourth star of the week? So our fourth star of the week, Matt, is the new Power Rangers trailer. And yes, I agree. It was excellent. I'm super looking forward. I'm very much looking forward to the movie. So we don't want to get into like, you know, we're not going to talk like scene by scene, blow by blow this thing because... Um, right. And I, I, I know that to, there are like some people all. who are not watching it, like... I know that, yeah, I know, like, the Ranger Danger guys are not watching it, so we won't we won't say a whole lot. Suffice to say, guys, it does. It looks real fun. Well, uh, it looks yeah. super cool. We get some we get some shots of some stuff we haven't seen before. Well, could be some exciting yeah, shots. Honestly, in the first trailer, we almost got no shots of anything, you know? It was yeah. all just, like, people hanging around in a high school. Which, to be fair, is a lot of what Power Rangers is. It's just, like, teenagers in a high school. And, and a juice bar also, mostly. Right. But this, like, you know, this trailer actually has, like, Power Rangers stuff and Zord stuff and Alpha and Zordon stuff. And dudes, I like those things. And I want to see them in a movie. And now I'm going to get to, actually, pretty soon. Uh, and that is very exciting. So if you, ha- if you only is, saw yeah, the first trailer and haven't seen the new one yet, um, and have been sort of worried because all the other images that have been coming out are like pictures of cheap plastic toys and like concept art that people have been putting out and you actually want to see it in action. This is a good time to do that and maybe get more excited about this movie than you already were or maybe decide that the things that you don't like about it are absolutely in there and that you will never like this movie. But, you know, listen, uh, to each their own, I dug it. And that's all I have to say about... That one. And I don't have a great transition out of this star, Dave. <laughs> well, let me save you, Matt. So we do have a fifth star. Here's the deal. I'm, I've am i lost a not like a, an astonishing amount of weight, but I've lost like 25 pounds. And I'm pretty stoked about it. Kevin's. Like things are going very well. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So here's the deal. I'm going to comp to it. So my wife and I, Beth, have, have we been kind of doing this not like a just like a we've changed the way we eat we eat kind of all right we just kind of been a little more conscious and assiduous and these two sisters they wrote this book it's it's the worst name i'm not going to defend the name it's awful oh okay it the only okay i'll defend it a tiny bit the only defense is that these two sisters are from like new zealand and maybe this is just how people talk in new zealand i don't know Dave, from but, my experience, people from New Zealand talk like um, elves and hobbits. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No. These. Yeah. This is sort of like a hobbity thing. But anyways, the plan is called. I'm not. I wish I was joking. It's called the Trim Healthy Mama Plan. Okay. Yeah. No. You're right. That that does sound horrible. Yeah, no, it's the worst, and people complain about it, and they've actually gone, they're like, well, at first we just liked the name, but we've since recognized that it is, like, a little bit, like, goofy and awful, but at this point, like, it's kind of part of the branding, so we, we don't want to change right, it. It's already on all the books. Like, the branding is that it's so goofy, goofy and dumb, and it's on all the books. But no joke, dude, I'm down, like, like I said, I'm down, like, 25 pounds, and I haven't changed anything about my admittedly set it pretty sedentary lifestyle except how i eat i'm not even sticking super close with it beth is down no joke 50 pounds good grief like i know dude this like this thing is the goods like it's actually i'm pretty impressed so that's it like this is sort of like a low-grade commercial for the trim healthy mama (laughs) plan but it's really just me being stoked that i lost 25 pounds so that's it. Well, congratulations. I feel like I'm going yeah, to have thanks, to start man. doing something. Otherwise, you will weigh less than me, and I do not remember that ever happening. Just because, I mean, you always have been, like, a more, like, bulky, muscular guy than me. That is a true thing. That is true. Not as true as it used to be. But... Well, okay, true. But, 
Um, and so there is, uh, I, I, I feel like, listen, I mean, it's not 2016 anymore, but there, there is still always hey, room to up one's game. Matt, we've, we've got the books. You, you could also be a trim healthy mama <laughs> Dave, if you want it. I refuse. <laughs> I, 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 I will try to find something. Um, or I will like get a, buy the books and buy a black magic marker and like rebrand it on my own. <laughs> Just spend hours and hours meticulously rewriting. No, Matt, that won't work. All the recipes have terrible names as well. Everything has a terrible name. You just have to like live with that. It's just part of the universe. What I really need, Dave, that I live in now. What I really need then is to do the combination of Trim Healthy Mama and DDP Yoga with all of Diamond Dallas Page's like weird rebranding of yoga poses to be like oh yeah, like Thunder Thunder Puncher, like right? Punch that'll, it'll, right? It'll balance out. <laughs> Man, well, uh, let's go watch. Let's go watch Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Let's do it. We're gonna watch episode nineteen, as previously discussed. It is called the, Hel- the Hellish Trap in Darkness, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode nineteen, uh, dudes. This one is great. I know we've been saying that a lot recently, uh, but it's because this show got really good, and I'm super excited about it. I think after this episode, we could probably stop specifying that an episode is particularly good. I I feel like the show has just hit its stride and is just a really good show now. Yeah, we are You know what I'm saying? Like, it made sense. Right, yeah. Because, like, in the beginning, it was, like, a little bit slow. But, like, things are totally picked up. It's great now. I'm really, really into it. Things are red. But this one is good in... Okay, what I like about these last couple of episodes is that not only have they all, like, hit a new sort of quality platform, but they're all kind of good in different ways. Yes. You know, like, they've got sort of different flavors to them, and this one has a real sort of, like, horror movie vibe in places. It's, it, no, it totally does. It really does. works for me. And the thing that I'm also digging about it is that I'm really starting to feel Kaku Ranger as a very distinct show. Like, obviously, yes, it's still Super Sentai, but it has very much its own feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at first it seemed very sort of generic, whereas, you know, Die Ranger and Jetman, very, they had their own whole kind of thing. And I feel like Kaku Ranger has sort of found its thing, and it's become a much, a much, much better show. So, this episode opens up. It's There's a kid on the side of the road. A car drives past the kid, and oh, he sort of, like, did. hops back. I'm sorry. I know that that is the beginning of this episode, but prior to that, we... The, the episode actually starts with a little bit of a recap from last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it does. I uh, I was going to skip that because we literally did like an hour-long podcast about that episode. Uh, that is true. Ago. And that's very fair. Um, and that episode is available to download on iTunes. Um, you know, tell your friends. But the reason I wanted to mention it is because the recap specifies like, okay, do you remember from last week that these guys were really mad at Young Noble Jr. for killing uh, Zakshi Warashi. Was that his name? Zakshi Warashi, yeah. Right. And so I really liked that it, they Sad started the episode like with that recap to be like, okay, like this is just another episode of the show, but please remember that like stuff is going on that is uh, like affects these characters that happened in previous episodes, which is, you know, it's very, it's an, it seems like a no-brainer, but since it's something that we weren't getting from the show earlier, I wanted to point it out. Okay, good point, good point. And actually, the fact that they are so mad will become relevant later in the episode. So, like we said, so this ep- this episode itself, the episode proper, starts with kid is on the side of the road, car pops by, kid hops back, and then this kid drives into the kid, sorry, the car. I was going to say, are, 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 we, are, we, are we having like a turbo teen scenario where this child turns into a car? Oh my gosh, if only. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. Do we have like a turbo teen tracker on this show? Because that's definitely not the first time we have referenced turbo teen. Listen, turbo so teen anyways. is a classic program. Am classic I insane? And classy. Was there an episode of that show wherein his friends went through a similar process but turned into different vehicles? 
or was that just a very vivid dream that I had? I do not know, but that sounds like a, if it was a dream, that sounds like it could have been a potentially very upsetting dream. No, no, no. It was, it was like the, if it was a dream and I'm not just remembering an actual episode of the cartoon show, I'm pretty sure he has like a, a lady friend and she turned into a helicopter. Sure. I mean, why I, wouldn't this she? might, this may have been a dream based on Turbo Teen. I'm not going to lie. The only <laughs> the actual I memory I have of Turbo Teen is the episode where like he got caught like halfway into something. And if you don't remember Turbo Teen, like he was a kid or a teen probably who turned he into was a, a teen. race car it's in the when, show. He, when he got hot. Yes. Uh, and in, in Just one like episode, hot. he was stuck like halfway like in something where like his back half was in an area that was very warm and his front half was like stuck in a cooler or something and so like his legs turned into the back of a car but his front was still a human or something again yeah it was I a think weird that's speech. true and not just like an imagined episode of turbo team that i dreamed but everything about turbo team seems like something that came out of a dream so it's hard to tell yeah, it's a very in that episode in particular inspired some like weird body horror. Anyways, uh so no, we are not in a turbo teen scenario. The actual car just drives into this tunnel. But there is there's like a spider sitting on the headlight, which we kind of keep sort of flashing back to. So this tunnel is very, very dark, and there are no lights in it, which I'm sure is a violation of some sort of code. Well, you know, it's one but... of those things that, like, there are lights, like, up above where the car is, like, on the roof of the tunnel, but they're very sporadic, and they they are themselves glowing, but they don't seem to be providing any light to the interior of the tunnel. Yeah, it's weird. Also, these people aren't holding their breath, which is probably why they get in trouble in the tunnel, because that's sure, the thing I mean, that you... That's, that's the you thing do. that other people do, right? You have to hold your breath as you go through a tunnel. Like, that's not just, yeah, that's got to be a thing. Anyway, I assume that's a thing that other people did. Well, it was, and I got married, and then I was driving somewhere with Beth, and we entered a tunnel, and I was like, <gasps> you know, to, like, hold my breath. And she was like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing that? And I was like, oh, you're driving through a tunnel. you got to hold your breath. And she says, no, no, no. You hold your breath when you drive by a graveyard. To which, why would you hold your breath when you drive past a graveyard? I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> right anyways so there's this car in a tunnel and they're driving by and the tunnel is very dark and then something like runs in front of the car and they break very very quickly because they're not sure what's going on weirdly again sort of horror movie vibe instead of just going again they just are stopped and looking around yeah, and like they're trying to figure out what this thing could have been. And as we're doing this, the camera's sort of cutting to that spider that was on the car, like crawling around. And then there's another spider like inside the car. Yes. And then this, we see this monster. It's like a humanoid monster. And it sort of like rises up kind of like Hulk style in front of their lights. But we only see it from behind. And then we are getting like smash cuts of the car just being destroyed by like spider claws kind of yeah and what's really cool is that the the creature is in darkness right because uh, this yes. is the hellish trap in darkness um this is one of many hellish traps in darkness throughout the course of this episode it's okay it's a spider monster like yeah it is a spider monster but what's it's a cool about spider it monster is that the actual costume which we don't get a good look at here because it's in darkness has these glowing eyes and so you're inside this dark tunnel, and the only thing you see is, like, this dark shape moving with, like, these glowing yellow-orange eyes. It's a it is, good, good look. Yeah, man. It's real, real cool. And so what we are seeing is, like, again, we're not seeing the whole monster all at once, but we're just seeing, like, an arm, and it, like, lashes out and smashes part of the car. And this kind of keeps happening. The, the car's kid, being broken, like, two pieces. Like, windows are breaking. Doors are getting knocked off. Yeah. The kid sort of like runs because he hears something happening. And so the kid runs into the tunnel and all he sees is like that sort of like animation blur super speed thing that they do on Sentai sometimes. And that's like bouncing around the car and knocking pieces off. Kid runs away out, like out of the tunnel. And then we go back to the car and like webs start shooting out all over the car. Sort of like silly string style, but cooler looking. And the... The yeah, I was having a little trouble out. trying to describe what that web effect looked like. 
Um, because it is a really cool effect, but it also does kind of look like very high quality silly string. Um, okay. If you've ever seen, this is a weird cut, but follow me. If you've ever seen cotton candy being made, that's kind of what I it have. looks like. Yeah, you know, it kind of does. It looks like that sort of wispy early stages of cotton candy are being yeah. shot out at something. Yes. So that's kind of like what's going on. And the people are being trapped and like they're freaking out, obviously. So the, as the kid, we cut back to the kid. He's out of the tunnel and he almost gets run over by Nekamaru. But they stop and they pop out. And they're like, kid, you almost got, you need to be careful. Like we almost ran over you. And he says, right, yes, sure. But there's a monster in there. So the Kaku Rangers, you know, like this is their whole jam. So they run towards the tunnel and they're entering it like to go look for this monster. And they, and for a moment, I think that the monster is coming out at them. Because what I think I'm seeing, and I think maybe I meant to think this, are the two glowing yeah, no, eyes this is, of this monster. Totally the idea. But as it gets closer, like the sort of camera shot resolves, and it's, and it's not the monster, it's two headlights that are like, you know, on a big flatbed truck that is driving out. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool shot, actually. So they get out of the way of this truck. And they sort of look at it as it drives past. And you can see, like, you know, it's a tow truck. And on the back of it is the car that had been in the tunnel before. And, like, you know, it's all bashed up and it's on the back of a tow truck, which is normal for bashed up trucks or cars. Right. Um, But the kid's like, no, no, no. We need to go in there and look. So they, they run in and they start looking around. And the car is obviously gone. But they do find it's all smashed up. Like, they find this sort of, like, debris from the car. But also, they find, like, they shoes. Find debris from the people, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, <laughs> like, glasses and some shoes and some other stuff. So now they're like, oh, okay, this is not just, mm, this is weird. Right. And so Sasuke they ask the finds, kid, like, a little, like, blob of what is probably meant to be, like, web gunk on the ground. Yeah, I literally can't see what it is. But they ask the kid, and they're like, well, do you recognize any, like, can you help us at anything else? Do you recognize anything? And he says, well, yeah, the dude who was driving that tow truck, it's not actually a tow truck, but you know what I'm saying. He's a mechanic near my house. Like, I recognize that guy. So. And they're like, oh, well, perfect. Let's just go, like, stalk that dude. (laughs) Right. Super easy. So next scene, they're at the garage. The dude comes out, and it's, like, definitely the same dude. And the rangers are like, well, okay, let's investigate. And he sort of, like, looks out, and he is looking kind of where they are, but it's not clear that he sees them because he doesn't do anything. He just turns around. Also, I just, this is a side note, and I won't go into it a whole lot, but that dude 100% has, like, a Hitler mustache. It's, yeah, like, it's just a weird little thing. The guy has a weird face in general. Like, not that he's, like, an ugly guy or anything. He's but, making like, a weird face. That's probably a better way to say that. Well, he's making a weird face, but he does it consistently throughout the episode to the point where, like, it kind of looks like his face is not the face of a character in a live-action show, but is, in fact, like, the face of a character in an anime instead, if that makes any sense. No, it totally does. And actually, it's never something we've mentioned before, but I am pretty sure... I, I wonder if there's a kind of, like, a chicken or egg thing going on here, because... This is something that we see pretty consistently that, like, the ele- there are elements of the live-action show that are very definitely meant to imitate a sort of anime sensibility. Is- yeah, there definitely are. And but much I don't more know, in maybe, this season than in other seasons. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's it was a Sentai thing first. It's like, oh, it's a crazy monster. And anime is imitating that. Because Sentai's been around for not longer than anime, but they're definitely like pretty contemporaneous. Anyways, I'm talking about stuff I don't actually know. But anyways. But if you, the listener, know, um, please tell let, us. Let I'm us interested. know. We would, we would like to know that thing. So... So Hitler Stash goes back into, like, the back room. And then we find out, like, yeah, he totally saw the Rangers because he calls Young Noble Jr. And he says, hey, there's this kid. He recognized me. I think the jig is maybe up on this, like, this whole jam. And Young Noble Jr. says, all right, that's cool. Set a trap. A hellish trap, presumably. In darkness? Presumably in darkness. 
There, there was a cool moment as they were spying on this mechanic where the Cocker Rangers are looking at them and they're like, this guy doesn't look suspicious, but we don't think this kid is lying, which must be really nice. I feel like that's a great thing to put in a kid's show where like you can take this thing to like, if you see a problem, you can take it to an adult. And even if it doesn't look like it's true, they will like, you know, if you are a trustworthy kid, they will believe you and help you. It was just yes. like a nice moment of like the Cocky Rangers behaving like cool adults, which I liked. Yeah, it is actually that was a that was like a nice moment. So it's it's later that night, next scene, later that night, and they're doing like a little they're all dressed up. It's but it's not all of them. It's uh Sasuke, Seikai, and Jiraiya, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those three are doing ninja stuff. Saizo and Surikime, we will see in a minute, and they are like out on the town doing other like investigative stuff. Right. So and then Seikai is like sneaking around, and then a spider comes down and it turns into the dude, and he opens his and it's like one of those he opens his mouth and they shoot him from the side, and the nozzle is clearly just like on the other side of his head. But it does look as though it is just a human spraying webs out of their mouth. And even though the effect is not very good, it is it is surprisingly unsettling. It is very unsettling, especially because he has, like, this big sort of static, like, grin on his face. Like, his expression does not change at all. And so seeing yeah. that kind of face, like, just all of a sudden spitting spider webs all over a dude is weird and creepy. Yeah, so he then shape changes, and he is... A super creepy spider monster. It's it's like a super cool look. Like we said before, so now we kind of see him more clearly. He's got glowing eyes, but then he's got sort of like a mandibly mouth, and then he's got he's sort of like hunkered over, and he's got hands, but sort of like coming up over the back of his hands are like spider leg claws. Yeah, like if that the, makes sense. Yeah, like the like like the spiky butt of a spider talon thing. It, it What it really reminds hand. me of is a piece of an old Beast Wars Transformer that I had, but I don't expect that the rest of you know what that looked like. Ooh, Matt, that is a deep cut, but but very accurate. Um, He's got like... He's not wrapped in like a web motif, but he is sort of like subtly wrapped in what looks like barbed wire. And he's yes. got, like, a spool of barbed wire, like, on his waist, sort of, like, wrapped up, like he's got a lasso there. Yeah, and he does have a little sign at his waist that says, keep out. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure what's up with that, but, you know, whatevs. You know, honestly, I think what that is, is that the, the people who were designing this monster are like, okay, spiders. Spiders are cool. Uh, let's not do webs. Instead of webs, let's be, like, barbed wire. So, like, people are trapped in barbed wire as though it was webs, because that's, like, creepy and awful, which is true. Totally then, true. Someone's like, oh, barbed wire. You know what goes with barbed wire. Keep out signs. Let's just put that on there. Without <laughs> actually stopping to consider whether or not a keep out sign would be thematically appropriate for a spider monster. <laughs> but yeah, it's on there. Good... Yeah, that's like the opposite of what spiders would classically do. So anyways, Come he's a crazy in. spider monster. And he has he has managed to like web up Seikai. So, like, Seikai's out of the fight. We find out his name from the narrator, and it's Suchigumo. Yeah, so, so Suchigumo was, like, you know, an old yokai who would wait up in the mountains and trap people. Basically, like, in The Hobbit, I guess? Shelob, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the spiders in Mirkwood, but Shelob actually was up in the mountains yeah. uh, in Lord yeah, of the yeah, Rings. Yeah, sure was. Well, I Matt, was wrong, these... and I apologize. Well, I mean, Matt, you're not you're not like totally wrong. Uh, the spiders of Mirkwood are, of course, children of Shelob, who lives in Mount Doom. Shelob herself being the daughter of the great spider Ungolian, who drank the light from, I believe, the Silmarils. Oh yeah, that's pretty I sure think that's true. Pretty sure I'm right about that. So, anyways, so Suchigumo does a bunch of like jumpy attacks, which he well, like when he jumps, he sort of like throws all his limbs out. It looks like a spider. It's really cool. So he jumps around a little bit and he attacks and then he escapes through a wall. He just like straight jumps through a wall and he's gone. Did we mention at some point in that fight that he was fighting um, Jiraiya and Sasuke? 
Oh, well, we said that they were there. And Se- so Seikai's got, and he actually, sorry, he takes Seikai with him. So he, Seikai is captured and he escapes from Sasuke and Jiraiya. So as we rejoin Saizo and Tsurihime, they are meeting back up. Neither of them are dressed up in their ninja gear uh, because they've just been running around town trying to like find other clues as to what's happening. And the yeah. only thing that they've found out is that there have been other disappearances in town. Like, like I think he says five people have gone missing in the last couple yeah. of days. Yeah, five. And as they and are then... talking, they hear this like scream from a house down the block, and they go running. Yes. So we flash up to where the scream comes from, and what it is is it's the same kid from before whose name is Satoru, I think. I think you're right. And yeah. and here is the scene that we see. It's Satoru. He's on his bed. Tsuchigumo is like stuck to the ceiling above him and is like wriggling around up and around the ceiling and like spraying webs down on Satoru. And it's like, it is straight up horrifying. Oh yeah, man. It's mess. There's like spiders all over the room and stuff, but they got, so a lot of the spiders that we see in this episode are very clearly plastic spiders, but they do do a couple of the shots with just tarantulas and these are some of them. So we just see like tarantulas around the room and Tsuchigumo is on the ceiling capturing this this little boy. It's like, it's legit creepy. Like it's yeah, straight it's up bad. horror movie stuff. So as this is happening, the, the four Kaki Rangers who have not been captured all run in because they've sort of all joined back up at this point. They run in downstairs and the parents of the kid are like pointing up the steps saying like, oh my gosh, you have to help me. There's like this crazy spider thing going on. But they, of course, you know, like they're just regular folks. They are completely unequipped to do yeah, anything no, about they're... it. So they're just standing there <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> Their response is entirely reasonable. So they oh, yeah, run I'm not up good with like a like if there's a medium sized spider in my apartment, I don't deal very well with it. If there were twelve big spiders plus a yokai upstairs, like I would just move. Yeah, that's it. No, that house is. That, house, that is... house belongs to the spiders now, and I hope they enjoy yeah. it. Matt, Michael, uh, how do you guys, I don't know, live? Like, how is that, how is the continent of Australia habitable? Because my understanding is that it's just basically spiders from top to bottom. Is this true? Please tweet at us. It's just a giant and mass of spiders where people would put cities on top of them? Just, yeah, everybody, you think it's rocks, and then you realize it's just slowly moving spiders. I've seen well, thank pictures. You, thank you for that uh, image, Dave. I really yeah, appreciate sure. that. Well, Matt, we don't live there. It's fine. And now, we'll never visit. <laughs> um, so, they rush in. Like, they rush in, but it's too late. Tsuchigumo has already escaped and then they like so they run down and what we see is is that he's on a flatbed like driving away and he's like ah ha, 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 come get me if you can so they right. hop in Nekamaru mm-hmm. and give he's chase. got a Dorodoro driving so he's also back in the flatbed of this truck and so as oh, yeah. they're following him in Nekamaru he's just like standing in the truck shooting webs at them and it gets all over their windshield yeah to be fair it's not, this was the most boring car chase of all time. Because it's a, it's a flatbed hauling truck and a food cart. Neither <laughs> of these are like sport vehicles. They're driving maybe like 35 miles an hour. Yeah, so you really have to introduce some like yokai magic to get this, to get any sort of drama to the chase. So he does, but he sprays web all over Nekamaru. So they have to stop and like clean the web off. And in this time, Tsuchigomo escapes. Flip to the now, next day. I was going to say, because they continue to chase, right? They stop to get the web off their car, and then they're theoretically getting back in that car to continue the chase. The next scene is broad daylight. So apparently they have been chasing this dude, like, through the wee hours of the morning into what is probably at least 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, like, it's definitely the next day. Does Nekomaru so... need gas? I like I know it's a magic car, but it is also a car. So does it need gas? 
And if so, did they just have to, like, stop at some point for fuel while chasing this dude and, like, hope they could use their ninja skills to track him down on the highway again? I am going to assume that Nekumaru doesn't need gas because it's, like, a living autopomorphic cat magic food truck. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that Nekamara doesn't need gas. But anyways, so they drive up the next day to this uh, abandoned factory. Like, surprise, surprise. I feel like abandoned factory is like the wharf of Kaku Ranger, which makes sense. I feel like abandoned factories are much more ninja-y than a wharf. That make, like, there's a lot more space for ninja stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they pull up. And they see this, like, they see the flatbed truck, and they're like, okay, well, this is, this is, like, you know, here he is. Great. Cool. And as they're sort of hiding, this sports car pulls up. This is amazing. It's like a bright red sports car. Young Noble Jr. gets out of the passenger side, and Adoro gets out of the driver's side. Which is amazing. He's got, like, a Doro Doro driving him around. Probably because the entire time that they were driving, he was in the passenger seat, like, playing a guitar solo. Just so his hands were busy. jamming so hard. Because when he gets so, out, he is holding his guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes nowhere without that thing. So Sasuke looks at this, and he says, guys, uh, this is very obviously a trap. Like, clearly, this is a trap. Right, and they we say, were able to follow them. Like, they're it's too easy. Here. To which the other Kaku Rangers say, like, yeah, but, I mean, even if it's a trap, don't you remember how mad I am at Young Noble Jr. from the previous episode? Yeah, that is the incredible part. Is there, like, oh, yeah, it probably is, but, like, forget it. We're doing this. And Surahi, this was where I was blown away. I genuinely assumed that Sasuke would be like, it's a trap. And then Jiraiya said, no, I'm so angry. And then Surahime would say, no, Sasuke's right. It's definitely a trap. We need to figure this out. And Surahime just says, no, you're right. We should go ruin these fools. And so they do just run in, except Sasuke. Sasuke says, nope, I'm, I'm going to stay back. And so this it's is the Jiraiya. second time in this series that we've seen something like this. And so I guess what we are growing to learn is that in any case where Surahime and Sasuke disagree on something, Surahime is right and they should follow her. In the lone exception of if Sasuke thinks it's a trap, then they should probably listen to him. Yeah, Sasuke has like a good nose for that sort of thing. Although, okay, here's something that I'm really digging about this. Is that when it's the, when the show started out, it was very obvious that Surahime was in charge. She was definitely the leader. And I like that she is still, still seems to be the overall leader. But that we are seeing Sasuke sort of transform into more of like a tactical commander. You know what I'm saying? Like, Subaruhime is the general boss, but, like, out in the field, Sasuke is really kind of getting to be like, no, 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 guys, we should not do this thing because it's a trap or, like, because whatever. And I dig that. Yeah, I like that. Any Listen, I like any time a character goes from, like, point A to point B during the course of a show. And I really like that Sasuke in particular seems to, like, really, like, he seems to get it a lot more than he did in early episodes. Yeah, it is very cool. So Tsuruhime, Jiraiya, and Saizo like run into the factory, okay? Also, just as a side note, I am, we get a last shot of Sasuke, and I am pretty sure that dude is wearing a choker. Oh, yeah. He just, is 100% defo wearing a choker in this episode. Yeah, not like a, like just like a black cloth, just like a black ribbon, black ribbon choker. So we go inside the factory, and... The three have ninja up, and they're sneaking around. And then we see Young Noble Jr. and Tsuchigumo walking by. And <laughs> Young Noble Jr. says, so we're going to turn them into human sausage. It's a great idea. <laughs> and they're just, like, laughing, having a great time. Which is a weird, like, that's just an odd, at first, I <laughs> so at first I thought, like, this must just be, like, a weird thing of translation. And what they mean is, we are going to wrap them up in the web, and so they will look like sausages. And then Young Noble Jr. says, yeah, sounds delicious, can't wait to eat. So it was like, oh no, they're just, they're definitely just talking about literally turning those human beings into sausage. 
Yeah, these guys. So, uh, it is it is a peculiar dinner plan at you know at the most generous. So the Rangers sneak in. They follow Young Noble Junior into this room. He turns around, pulls a giant switch, and yes, of course, it's a trap. It's a literal trap door. They all fall. They all fail their deck saves. They all fall, and now they are in like this pit. Young Noble Jr. walks over and starts taunting them. And he's just like, you guys, I can't believe you guys fell for that. I think even Young Noble Jr. realizes that this was a bad trap. Right. He's like, this was such an obvious trap. And yet, here you are in a hole. You got yeah. this. Come on. So, <laughs> so he realizes that he does realize that Sasuke is gone. He's like, mm, there's only three of you, which means Sasuke is out there someplace. But then he reveals what exactly the trap is. And it's Suchigumo's nest. Like, yeah. this is... He's dropped them into his, like, lair, which is rad. Yeah. And so now, like, he is going to go deal with Sasuke. And Suchigumo is just going to murder these three in a dark hole. It's... Yeah. It's crazy. And then he throws so- the switch again, and the trap door, like, switches shut. And so now it's like... I mean, obviously, there's still light in there because they need to film. But it, it is, you know, it's TV dark. Yeah, it's TV dark. And I do like that Young Noble Jr. thought to close the door because, like, they are super ninjas. Yeah, like, they got they got hops. Actually, right. there was a bit way earlier in the episode that's in my notes, but I forgot to mention it. When they were first, like, sneaking into the mechanics shop, um, Jiraiya, Seikai, and Sasuke all do this, like, sweet hop over this fence. And I think what probably happened is that they had, like, put a trampoline on one side of it. But it looked for all the world like these three dudes just like straight up jumped over this chain link fence. And it was amazing. I did not. I didn't catch that. I'll maybe I mean, I'll go it back only and, took and a second. It. Anyways, so we were down in the nest and we get like a whole bunch of establishing shots of just like spiders around. And then we like it's a very cool sequence because oh, it's a, just yeah. the, the Kaku Rangers like looking around and they, the ninjas, are being, like, stalked from the shadows. And we're getting not actually shots of Suchigumo, but, like, shots of his shadow, like, flashing up against the wall and then being gone. And we're getting a bunch of these. And so it's really selling the idea that, like, yes, this is a problem. Yes, the rangers are, like, in this dude's lair. And he is in control. Like, he... Yeah has this whole thing set up, and he is stalking them. It's, like, it's really freaking cool. It's awesome. And then what happens is, like, the they stop doing the shadow shots, and there's a lot more, like, close-cut shots of, like, pieces of him coming around the wall. Like, you know, he'll stick his hand out from around the corner. And then, like, the camera will cut to a different angle. Like, so it looks like it's somewhere else in the lair, where, like, his hand comes around another corner. So it kind of makes it look like he's everywhere. And then he, he sticks his head out from around the corner, but his eyes aren't lit up yet. And then the eyes switch on, and it's just like this face with glowing eyes staring at them from around the corner. It's great. Yeah, it's really, like, it's it's maybe, like the like, from a film perspective, it's the best sequence we've had, I think, this entire show. So once this, he like lights up and he's like on the attack. So he attacks and he is, he gets in a couple of shots. The Rangers Henge, and then we flip to outside. So we're outside. It's just Young Noble Jr. And he's just strolling around, looking very casual, but clearly, you know, like looking for Sasuke. Right. So he, all of a sudden he like flips around and blasts what is like a seemingly empty space. But in fact, yes, Sasuke was there. Like he managed to pierces ninja defenses so sasuke hops out and sort of lands in front of them and says like you may have tricked the others with your trap but like not me and now we're gonna fight and let's finish this and i love this because sasuke genuinely thinks that he like if he fights this dude one-on-one he can win which we know that he can't right because we've seen him fight jiraiya one-on-one and he was like way too strong but from Sasuke's perspective, Sasuke's never really fought a guy as strong as Young Noble Jr. Anytime right. that he gets one-on-one with one of these monsters, eventually he wins. But, like, he just doesn't know how strong this dude is. And so he's like, yeah. let's fight. And Young Noble Jr. is like, 
yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do it. Yeah, and so they start sword fighting. So we're back to the lair. Oh, and, and Young Noble Jr. switches over to like his skeleton soldier form. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his guitar turns into a sword. So we go back from there to Tsuchigumo's lair, and it's very quick, but Tsuchigumo is destroying the rangers. Like, this is barely... This is barely a fight. Like, he's in and out of shadows. He's, like, jumping around. He's webbing dudes. He's clawing. Like, they cannot handle this guy. Back to the sword fight. Sasuke also, I think, maybe has realized that he is in way over his head. Yeah. And he is, like, trying to survive. We cut back down to the lair. And at this point, um, Jiraiya and Saizo have also been webbed up. So it's just Tsurihime fighting Suchigumu. And she is losing and losing badly. And Seikai is down there, right? Because, like, it's his lair. So Seikai had gotten wrapped up and brought down here. But he's still all webbed up from earlier in the episode. Right. But he isn't in his... He hasn't hengate. Like, he's in his ninja clothes. But he's, like, wrapped up and, like, helpless on the ground. And he's shouting, like, Surihime! Like, no, I need to help this friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and so he, like, he, like, freaks out. And he manages to, like, hop up somehow and then we sort of shift and we see like a translucent shot through the web so we can sort of see what he's doing and he does like a ninja hand sign that i think is like a super strength move but also a henge and he like explodes the webs off of him dude it's so good so the camera cuts to outside of the web cocoon and just like light starts pouring out of this web cocoon it explodes. There's lightning everywhere. And all of a sudden, Seikai is like transformed into his Kaku Ranger outfit and is just on his way to murder this spider fool. Yeah, which he 100% does. He just, it's like kick, 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 punch, punch, sword, triangle cut, game over. Which was so good because, like, I kind of had discounted Seikai throughout the course of this episode because he got captured really early. So I thought, like, oh, they all have to go rescue him. He'll be very grateful, etc. But no, like, he absolutely brings it. Okay, so something I really dug about this is that the spider, like Tsuchigumo, is very strong on the attack from ambush. But, like, when he's surprise attacked, he's got nothing. Because, like, all his points are in, like, ambush at ambush strikes or whatever. So his defenses are actually very low. Yeah, it's... It, this episode like, it just works worked, very well. Yeah, like, it worked for me thematically. I'm like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense for a spider. This is awesome. So he just says, like, all right. So they he manages to get the other rangers out. Tsuchiguma says, fine, I'll just use giantism. So he turns into a giant. We cut outside and we see him getting giant. I do want to point out he was they were underground and when you see him go giant they do show a bunch of like dirt and ground being thrown up and away as well which I thought was a very nice touch because yeah, as soon always- as he said giantism I'm like dude you're underground you're just something is going to be weird here but they thought about it and they were like oh yeah no you exploded from underground let's do the thing which I thought was awesome also when he gets giant all of a sudden the costume changes a little bit yeah, and this is so weird. now he I don't looks know like he happened. did before, but he also has this like wheel thing affixed to his back that looks, and I I don't know exactly how to describe this thing except to say that when he puts that thing on his back, all of a sudden he looks like a like summoned creature from a final like a mid to late nineties Final Fantasy game. Like it looks like he wandered out of FF eight. Yeah, it's uh. It's odd. Oh, really? It's a little. Really it is a little bit it. weird. Yeah, I, mm, I kind of like it. It doesn't seem to fit him as much as I would have liked with kind of his whole aesthetic. But, but anyways, so he goes giant. The rangers summon their Jusho fighters. They fight for like a hot second, and then they just summon Muteki Shogun. There what is, is a great, thing though? that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think we're about to say the same thing. Is now, it the Muteki music? Shogun. Seems to have acquired his own theme song. It's <laughs> yes. in the back. And I don't know anything they're saying. I don't actually even know if there are words other than just Muteki Shogun. It's just this dude singing and he is getting really into it. Yeah. it's. I mean, I can only assume that it's just a song about how Muteki Shogun is going to murder you with a giant fire sword. Um, 
but it's great. Yeah, and so so he like fire swords Tsuchigumo. Tsuchigumo's final line: "I wanted to make human sausages." Like that's what he chooses to say with his dying breath. So everyone is freed. So because as soon as Tsuchigumo dies, his webs disappear. Which could have been awkward because all the people who were captured in his lair were like hanging upside down. And so when all yeah. the web falls off them, they just all fall on their heads. But they're all okay, but they're okay. for some reason. Yeah, everything's fine. So the next shot we see is all of them running out of the, like running out of the factory. I do wonder how they got out of the pit. They do not, like guys here, they were in a trap lair pit. Well, yeah, Whatever. but remember, uh, Suchigumo got really big and destroyed everything. So there's probably, like, rubble they can climb on top of. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So the rangers are stoked. They're like, hooray, everybody's escaped. The little Sa- kid runs over. Satoru. He's safe. Everyone's happy. Yeah, and then they're like, wait, where's Young Noble Jr.? And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> this, the best thing happens. This is my, If we still did high point, low point, this would be my high point of this entire friggin' episode. They run over, and Young Noble Jr. is in a hot air balloon, escaping. And, like, they've got music going, and they are, like, doing their straight darndest to make this, like, a really dramatic event. But, like, like he's shouting at him, like, Young Noble Jr., right. come back here. I want to murder you. And he's and, laughing And, like, the music maniacally. is really... And he, yeah. As he, like, gently drifts away in, like, the chillest of all possible transportations. It's, oh he just, gosh. like, gently drifts best. away. It's incredible. Like, why would so, they... I mean, listen, I love everything about that, and I want that hot air balloon to be in every episode now. But from, like, a showrunner, like, production standpoint, at what point were they in the room and someone said... Well, how is he going to get away? And everyone said, oh, well, he's probably just going to teleport like he always does. And then one guy in the room one raises beautiful his hand and soul. Says, but what if? What if we dared to dream <laughs> and we rented a hot air balloon for the day? Because you know they must have rented, like, gotten that balloon for the whole day. And they can't have just done that one thing in the balloon. Like, they had a couple of trips in that thing, and I bet everybody got a ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, like, the best part of being on set that day. No doubt. And you know they had to have because there's a shot, like, an aerial shot of the Kaku Rangers, like, from the perspective of that hot air balloon. So you know they must have gone up again just to at least get that. Right. Camera guy's there, at least. So then, and then that's it. That's our episode (laughs) of the week. I've just never seen someone be so furious at a hot air balloon before. Your life wasn't complete, was it? Not really. I thought it was. Little did you know. Okay. So I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Yeah, well, not quite yet. Oh, yeah. Jeez. We have uh, how how do you think that Tsuchigumo is going to fare in the Creature Royale? Oh, dude. he He is up there. Yeah, absolutely. Like... Like, he's real up there. Okay, so let's just start at the top and start going down. Okay. He's Is not he Jin. better? He's not Jin. No, nobody is. That dude is awesome. Yeah, and he's not the Three Stooges. He's There are aspects of him that are cooler than the Three Stooges, just because, like, he's a cool spider monster with a really great design and has, like, an awesome, like, horror movie episode. Yeah. But, like, I don't have genuine emotions about Tsuchigumo in the way that I do about the Three Stooges. Yeah. Do we like him better than Birdcage Vagrant? Ooh. Well, you know, I think he's kind of similar to Birdcage Vagrant because he's, like, the thing that I really liked about Birdcage Vagrant is not that he was, like, particularly important to the series, but that he was such, like, a great, unique, awesome-looking monster of the week. And that, I think, is kind of the same role that Tsuchigumo fills, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. And and I think Tsuchigumo is cooler. He Honestly, he like, might be. It's tough, man. Because Birdcage Vagrant has that like crazy giant golden leg. But I think, I think it's Tsuchigumo, does, man. 
Birdcage Vagrant also does have like a dimension inside of himself where his magic bird lives. And that's important to remember. Ooh, that is true. And they've both got vehicles and Birdcage Vagrant's like minibus is, is better is than Tsuchigumo's like flatbed truck. Okay. So, so better than Zakishiwarashi? Yeah, I'd put him between Birdcage Vagrant I and Zakishiwarashi. So. Okay, man. Wow. That's a big, it's been a, been a powerful two weeks, man. We just filled two slots. So, uh, Suchigumo comes in at spot number five, six. Sorry. Very exciting. Very exciting. Making big moves. Cocker Ranger is making big moves. Big plays. Big plays, man. Uh, so that I think is going to do it for this week's episode of the greatest show on earth. Yes. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, for joining us for yet another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I would like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, please find them at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.